Welcome to the Valley View Friends Church Sunday Morning Podcast. Thank you for joining us, and if you want to learn more about our church, look us up on Facebook or our website at valleyviewfriendschurch.org. Our sermon podcast is available in most places you find podcasts, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, and iHeartRadio. Subscribe to always get the next podcast. Well, it's Mother's Day today, so we're going to start with that Mother's Day beginning to the sermon. There was a teacher who gave her class of second graders a lesson about the magnet and what it does. The next day, there was a test, and she included the question, My full name has six letters. The first one is M. I pick up things. What am I? When the test papers were turned in, the teacher was astonished to find that almost 50% of the students answered with the question, or answered the question with the word, mother. Now, lest you hear the message that mothers are merely utilized to organize the home, we each see our mothers more deeply than that. Mothers are the most beautiful person to a son or daughter. They're the most beautiful person a son or daughter will ever know. There's a story of a little boy who was doing a Sunday school presentation and he forgot his lines. And his mom was in the front row and she was there to kind of prompt him and kind of help him remember his lines. And so she gestured and formed the words silently with her lips, but it didn't help. Her son's memory was a blank. Finally, she leaned forward and whispered the cue, I am the light of the world. The child beamed and with great feeling and a loud, clear voice said, My mother is the light of the world. Mothers are forced to be reckoned with, with their deep, fierce love. A mother's love touches us long after she has gone on. Washington Irving says this, The love of a mother is never exhausted. It never changes. It never tires. It endures through all. In good repute, in bad repute, in the face of the world's condemnation, a mother's love still lives on. Unless we just think that mother's love is just something that is strong, motherhood and mother's love is divinely appointed and thrives when it is under the hand of God. And Lisa Turkist writes these words, Motherhood is a million little moments that God weaves together with grace, redemption, laughter, tears, and most of all, love. Motherhood is a tremendous gift of God. How precious it is, precious it is to have a mother and to be a mother. Please take time today and thank your mother if you can. Tell her you love you or you love her if you can. If mom's beyond reach, and I know for many of us she is, take some time to reflect on your mother and thank God for her. Now, I say all this knowing that days like Mother's Day and Father's Day can also be painful days. It can be painful for families where mom has passed away, for a mom who's lost a son or daughter or experienced heartache. I know there are those out there that have never been a mom but wanted to be, and it hurts. I also know not every mom is perfect, and perhaps you have had a mom that you needed to get away from. I'm not asking you to pretend that hurts and disappointments, uh, that, that those hurts and disappointments that live in your hearts, that they don't exist. For those of you who have experienced some of these parental heartaches, I want, you, I want to encourage you to seek the peace and the strength of Jesus. Seek him out, that he might bring soothing and healing to your heart. Don't hide it. Don't pretend it's not there. 
And it would also challenge all of us to look deeper on a day like Mother's Day. For some of us, this means looking for those who are our adopted mothers, our spiritual mothers in our lives, and saying thank you to them. And for some of us, that means becoming spiritual mothers and fathers for others. But Mother's Day also draws our minds to family, whether good or bad. And families share a heritage. And sometimes we're proud of our heritage, and sometimes we're ashamed of our heritage. Think about your family story for a moment. Good, bad, warts and all. Think of the memories that you have of your family. Memories of laughter, of joy, of sorrows. We each inherit a heritage, good or bad, and we each pass on a heritage, good or bad. And I want you to hear today, to hear and to take into your heart, and to understand that you can inherit a spiritual heritage that is a treasure for you. A spiritual heritage that is a jewel and a joy, and that the Christian, every Christian, has the responsibility of passing on that spiritual spiritual heritage onto the people in their lives. Now, the word heritage simply means our possession. And in this case, refer, refer to the possession that is passed on from family to family, family member to family member. Today, you might be sitting here hearing, feeling that you have no heritage at all. Perhaps you don't know what your heritage is. Perhaps your family's heritage is something that you're trying to escape from or trying to change. You're trying to rewrite the family story. Each of us can receive God's spiritual heritage. And each Christian is called to proclaim God's spiritual heritage for everyone. Will you today, whether you are a mother or not, whether you are an adult or a child, resolve to carry God's spiritual heritage to those who are around you? I want to take a few moments and share God's spiritual spiritual heritage for you. If you're a Christian, these may not be new to you, but to think of them as our inheritance, our special possession, reminds us of how great God's love is for us. First, I want to tell you about the heritage of God's Word. In a world where the Bible is so easily accessed, both physically, in paper form, and digitally, it's easy to forget how precious it is to possess, to have a heritage of God's Word, God's message for us, for me, for you. That in this book, God has chosen to speak to you and to me. We should treasure the word. We should read it often and deeply. I want to share a small portion of Psalm 119 with you this morning. Psalm 119 is the longest chapter in the whole Bible. It contains 176 verses, and it's an acrostic poem. It's divided into 22 sections, and each section corresponds with the letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Uh, you know, we, it, the acrostic poem in English, you would use like A, B, C, you know, and, and you'd write part of the poem according to those letters. In the Hebrew, it's Aleph, Bet, Gimel, Dalet. Uh, each section starts with the assigned letter. And so our section today starts with the letter Noon. So each sentence starts with the same letter, Noon. And then every single verse in this whole chapter uses one of eight different Hebrew words to describe God's Word, the Bible. So Psalm 119 is a love letter about God's Word. Our passage uses words like to describe the Bible as the Word, the rule, law, precepts, testimonies. And the psalmist is writing about God's Word, about how much he loves God's Word. And our text 
tells us that God's word is our heritage. So let's take a moment and read Psalm 119, uh, verses 105 through 112. And it reads like this, Your word is a lamp unto my feet, and a light to my path. I have sworn an oath and confirm it to keep your righteous rules. I am severely afflicted. Give me life, O Lord, according to your word. Accept my free will offerings of praise, O Lord, and teach me your rules. I will hold my life uh, I hold my life in my hand continually, but I do not forget your law. The wicked have laid a snare for me, but I do not stray from your precepts. Your testimonies are my heritage forever. For they are the joy of my heart. I incline my heart to perform your statutes forever to the end. And there in the midst of our text, verse 111 states, Your testimonies are my heritage forever. Saying, Your word, Lord, is my heritage forever. It's given to us to be our possession. And we have a description. The word is a lamp. It is righteous. It's a heritage. It's the joy of our heart. Through the word, the Lord gives us life and deliver us, delivers us from those who would afflict us. We're told it's a heritage. Proverbs 6.23 echoes this, this uh, psalm here. It says, For the commandment is a lamp, and a teaching, and the teaching is a light, and the reproofs of dis- discipline are the way of life. I think we would each do well to read Psalm 119 and strive to take God's word more seriously in our lives and to see it as a heritage for our good. It's a possession that we are given by God. Psalm 119 verses 1 and 2, the beginning of this psalm, says this about God's word for us. Blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with their whole heart. Those who possess God's word, who see it as their heritage, who take it seriously, they're blessed. What are you doing to possess the heritage of God's word? How are you helping the people uh, around you, the people that you love, to possess and dwell in this heritage? So that's one heritage, a heritage of, of the Word. But I also want to talk about some other heritages rather quickly here. There's the heritage of salvation. Hebrews 1.14 tells us, Are they not all ministering spirits? He's speaking about angels. He says, Are they not all ministering, ministering spirits sent out to serve for the sake of those who are to inherit salvation? Salvation is a heritage for us, a gift, a possession for us. It is part of the mission of each Christian that we proclaim the good news of Jesus to those around us that they might be saved. And this is where God can renew and rewrite a broken heritage. If you have a family history that you are trying to get away from, know that in salvation God can rewrite your heritage. And with the heritage of salvation, you get a new heritage. So if you possess an earthly heritage or family tree you've been hurt by or ashamed of, no amount of work on your part can rewrite or renew it the way that God's saving grace can renew your heritage. Will you receive from Jesus? Will you treasure the heritage of salvation? Another heritage we have, and it goes hand in hand with salvation, is the heritage of eternal life. Uh, It's it's just, salvation leads to eternal life, right? But we see it as a heritage. It's a treasure that we possess. Matthew 19, 29 says this, And everyone who has left houses and brothers and sisters, father and mother, children or lands for my sake, meaning they leave their old heritage, the one was against God, 
and they go to follow Jesus, it says they will receive a hundredfold and inherit eternal life. You gain a heritage of eternal life. Titus 3.7 says this, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs, the ones who receive a heritage, heirs according to the hope of eternal life. You know, we also get heritage as the rights as sons. That's another heritage we have, the rights of sons. Uh, Galatians 4.7 says this, So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. It's important to take seriously that each one of us get the heritage of the rights of sons. See, sons in the ancient world received the inheritance. Women did not. And there are many other kinds of people who lived life without the privilege of the rights of sons. If they weren't the right kind of son, they didn't inherit anything. Perhaps you feel like a person today who's not been given rights or privilege. You've, or maybe you're going, oh, the rights and privilege that I've inherited have been pretty miserable. Jesus gives every person, man and woman alike, the privilege, the heritage of the rights of sons. There is no longer before God those who are uh, uh, more worthy and those who are less worthy. We are in Christ all worthy of the rights of sons. There's no division between men and women or greater people and lesser people, those who have, have a special position in this world and those who are the impoverished of this world. We are all privileged if we are in Christ. In Jesus, you're moved to the front of the line and you're afforded all rights and privileges. It's your heritage to have the right of a son. There's another heritage we have, the heritage of the earth. We are given this world and the kingdom. We live in a world that seems to be possessed uh, by those who are the fastest, strongest, smartest, most able to make a dollar. And Jesus says otherwise. It's not just them that possess the world. It's not them that possess the world, but those who receive a heritage, a spiritual heritage from God. In fact, Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 5, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. We, as Jesus' followers, his disciples, yeah, we're meek. But we have a heritage of this earth and a heritage of being a part of God's kingdom. And then I also want to just show, show you there that not only do we have such a heritage of the word and of, of salvation and eternal life and the rights of sons and of this earth and of God's kingdom, we have heritage with Christ. We're not just the recipients of what Jesus gives, but we receive the heritage that Jesus has. Ephesians 3.6 says this, This mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, partakers of the promise of Jesus Christ through the gospel. So they're heirs too in this body. They're, they're partaking in the promise of Jesus. Romans 8.17 takes it a step further and says, And if children, then we're heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. The Christian receives a spiritual heritage with Jesus as a co-heir. We don't get the leftovers or we don't get the scraps from the table. We share the inheritance of Jesus. God's spiritual inheritance for you is even larger than this. You could, you could spend a lifetime in God's word finding more nuggets of the spiritual heritage that God wants to give you. Will you see it? Will you receive this heritage? 
a heritage of God's word, a heritage of salvation, a heritage of eternal life, a heritage of this earth and God's kingdom. Can you see that you are a co-heir with Christ if you would just follow Jesus? It is so easy to forget this spiritual heritage. Sin has gotten in the way. It divides us from our heritage. It separates us, makes us forget. You know, in our family history, especially if it's a painful one, can cause us to forget God's spiritual heritage for us. And I, I want you to hear this story. I think this is a, a lovely, powerful story. While walking through the forest one day, a man found a young eagle who had fallen out of his nest. So he took it home, and he put it in his barnyard where it soon learned to eat and behave like chickens. One day a naturalist passed by the farm and asked why it was that the king of the all birds should be confined to live in the barnyard with the chickens. And the farmer replied that since he had given it chicken feed and trained it to be a chicken, it never learned to fly. So since it behaved like a chicken, it was no longer an eagle. But the naturalist replied, it still has the heart of an eagle. Surely it could be taught to fly. So he lifted the eagle toward the sky and said, You belong to the sky and not to the earth. Stretch out your wings and fly. The eagle, however, was confused, and he did not know who he was. Seeing the chickens eating their food, he jumped down to be with them again. The naturalist, the naturalist took the bird to the roof of the house, and he urged him again, saying, You are an eagle. Stretch forth your wings and fly. But the eagle was afraid of his unknown self and the world he was afraid of the world, too, and he jumped down once more for the chicken food. Finally, the naturalist took the eagle out of the barnyard to a high mountain. There he held the king of birds high above him and encouraged him again, saying, You are an eagle. You belong to the sky. Stretch forth your wings and fly. The eagle looked around, back towards the barnyard and up to the sky. Then the naturalist lifted him straight towards the sun, and it happened that the eagle began to tremble. Slowly he stretched out his wings, and with a triumphant cry, he soared into the heavens because he had spotted another eagle in the sky. He saw who he was. It may be that the eagle still remembers the chickens with nostalgia. It may be that he occasionally revisits the barnyard, but as far as anyone knows, he never returned to lead the life of a chicken. You possess the heart of an eagle. Do not think for one moment that you are just a lowly chicken wandering this earth. You have every right to the spiritual heritage of God. Will you receive it? Will you accept Jesus into your heart and proclaim him as your Lord and Savior? Today's Mother's Day. Take time to tell your mom thanks, that you love her, or spend time reflecting upon her. Today's Mother's Day. A day that hurts because of moms who fell short or never got to be mothers. Take time to let God rewrite your heritage with a new spiritual heritage. Today is Mother's Day. A day when we are reminded how important parents are for many reasons. And one of the biggest jobs a parent has is to tell us who we are, to tell us our heritage. And all of us are called to speak God's heritage to those around us. Whether you're an adult or a child, you're called to share the heritage. You're to remind people that they are eagles, not chickens. It might take a while. They might not believe you at first. They might want to go back to the chicken yard, the barnyard. But do not give up. 
Nothing is more heartbreaking than a person who does not know their own heritage. They believe they have none, or they believe that they are something that they are not. It is the job of the Christian to speak into the people around them that you are a precious child of God, made in His image. You are more than just flesh and blood. You have a soul. You are destined for eternal, eternal life. Please receive Jesus and God's spiritual heritage for you. The people of God have precious heritage. Hold fast to it. Let it be your joy. Pass it on to everyone that you can. I want to close our time today with a prayer for families. It's a beautiful prayer from the Anglican Book of Prayer. And I want to pray it because families need all the protection they can get and that God can give them. Let us pray. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, you have set the solitary in families. We commend to you, we commend to your continual care the homes in which your people dwell. Put far from them every root of bitterness, the desire for vainglory, and the pride of life. Fill them with faith, virtue, knowledge, temperance, patience, and true godliness. Knit together in constant affection those who in holy matrimony have been made one flesh. Turn the hearts of parents to their children, and turn the hearts of children to their parents. And so enkindle fervent charity among us all that we may evermore be joined to one another with the bonds of loving kindness through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Go with Jesus.